1: Al Gore, once again, welcome to Inside the Firm. I have a question for you. I have an answer. It's not how are you doing. It is why. Where is this global warming? Uh, and I need to, I need to know uh, why northern Arizona is getting record snowfall. It's on the back burner. Yep, pun intended. And I, this is a shout out to Earl Parson, by the way, who's been who's my Facebook friend. He's a listener of the podcast and. Uh, it looks like they're getting a crazy amount of snow in northern Arizona, which is not typical, like an in, like records amount. And for the record, also, uh, I don't believe that there isn't global warming. This is just a joke.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then also, uh, weighing into this is craziness. Um, weighing into anything. Oh, so I was at. This goes along with what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm just saying I was it is insane con- that we're seeing like weather like yeah. this. I think I was at the the um, insulated concrete form. You know, ICF. Uh, yep, the the meeting. Yep, a couple weeks ago, their 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 you know conference, and Al Gore. I get a lot of jokes because of my names and and global warming. And I go, my personal view is, you know, it'll go up, it'll go down, you know, all that. But I'm actually concerned about pollution. He's like, yeah. if anything we should have a factual analysis about is pollution. Is pollution going up? Is it going down? Is it affecting people's health? What can we do about it? Right? And I expect that to be really uncontroversial right like normal like yeah you don't want polluted air who wants polluted air it drew crickets from two of these concrete people and then they had some like methane joke about like, you cows. said this and then, i said that and, and it and drew crickets from them not I, like you know the normal i feel like the normal response would be like yeah yeah, not, yeah yeah we don't want we don't want pollution that's okay and it was like one of these backhanded comments against you know like oh cows ca-, you know cause most of the you know methane and all that. I'm like, yeah. Who's eating the cows? Like, why? Why do you think there's so many cows? <laughs> I didn't say any of that, but I was like, holy cow, this tough crowd, tough crowd here. You were hoping for a joke. No, I was. I was just hoping for like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, we should we should know how much pollution is in the air and if we're causing too much or not. Yeah,
1: it's, it's just, that seems like a non-controversial <laughs> statement. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is like once you so you, you're an architect, obviously, right? Yeah. But when, once you now that we've taken this development leap, and are on site and seeing it firsthand almost daily, the amount of waste from construction sites and and people people in the industry already know this. Like if you if you're an architect, chances are you have an environmental design degree, so you you've already sort of been you've already been deeply immersed in this in the whole green movement and stuff. But it is astounding to see how much waste. And then then there's also the other thing of like okay how do we how do we build these buildings? Man, it takes a lot of oil, it takes a lot of oil. There's a lot of gas, a lot of diesel a lot of that oh, think about the formwork they literally put uh a uh an agent on the forms to help release it from the concrete that is that is petroleum based like we're not getting around this stuff like we have to there's a reality to the situation right yep. and i think i think efficiency has always been at the forefront of where i go as an as an architect and just a human being about like why can't we concentrate on the efficiency of everything right so can we reduce waste can we make everything more efficient can we use all these valuable natural resources uh you know nobody's making any more land literally it's i mean there is some volcanoes are but but not money
0: cooling happens all the ice will go so we could get some more land global cooling okay we can actually, yeah, right, global warming, you could get
1: more land, too, because uh, it's all the, perma- all the permafrost, right? It's going away, and then it's exposing the land. Oh,
0: yeah, up north.
1: But pluses it, yeah, and yeah. minuses, ladies and gentlemen, mm. pluses
0: and minuses. I vote warmer. That's just me. Uh, another <laughs> joke people We're using, right? Sure. But first, uh, BIM Marketplace for, on BIMsmith. If you go to bimsmith.com, if you're designing, that's where you need to be. It pulls all sorts of datas uh, from different product lines, letting you, letting you filter from UL ratings, fire rating, master spec, master CSI master format, and other criteria uh, you might need for your project. So, as you know, these buildings are very, very complicated. And you might know that you want a wood wall or you want a metal wall, but that's not the driving factor. It might the driving factor might be the UL rating, you know, the fire rating essentially, and or you might your whole system might be set up by master format you know csi spec so you can search that way you can search the way that you work and that's how they help you out so go to bimsmith.com uh you get the login it's free it's free just and, why aren't you going there uh, reason why i asked the guys because i know the guys i go <laughs> why, wh- why why do you have a login like well we have a place where if you like these walls you can save them towards your project so that they're always being there and yeah. you'll have a folder and then you'll have another one i go oh okay that's kind of cool i like that very cool Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I have a big thanks uh,
1: not only to Bim Smith but uh, to Vlad Lefter of architecturequote.com. Al, did you know that you are on the we are on the list of the best seventy one podcasts for architects? I, I First didn't know of all, that, I didn't so. know that there was seventy one podcasts for architects. I thought I thought we were we were one of the select few of a handful, but apparently there are a ton of them. Um, so we'll include this in the in the show notes links. But uh, we were number twenty nine on the list we will, we're going to keep on moving up. We're um, going to get to 10. We're, we're going to get, get to the top, top 10. 10. And I want to give a shout out to him so first of all, shout out to Vlad where I'm going to try to actually have him on the show for for a short interview. We exchanged some some messages in the in the uh, the podcast, Facebook, website. Um, so you should take a look at those two out because yep. I think we have some good stuff we can ask him. But a quick shout out to Young Architect Podcast number one on the list. That is huge. Good for them. Good for them. Entree Architect Mark LePage number two. Top notch. Number Top-notch. three, Archie Speak. Uh, yep. And then uh, then there's some more, uh, f- but we I've never met these folks, so I, you know I'd hesitate to give them a shout out. But for the top
0: three, we've met all those guys and they're great. So if you are listening to this and you are like, man, not only should this podcast be in the top ten, it should probably be at least number four. You can do something by sharing it with your friends and saying, hey, friends. I've been getting a leg up on you and really just been destroying you because of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my business I'll, has improved a 1,000% because one thousand of 1,000%. Yeah. Start at zero. Work your way up. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my brother who listens to the podcast, Corey. He was just in town. He, he drives to Wisconsin to do his job. And he's like, I just want to listen to your Al. No, he didn't say that at all. He just, <laughs> I just want to listen to your Al voice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, last thing before we truly jump into the podcast is Inside the Firm is headed to AIA conference this year, half of Inside the Firm podcast. The worst uh, half. The worst half. Lance will be going (laughs) with his wife and meeting up with Nick Renard, Nick with uh, Nicholas with Nick Reeds, and we'll be doing a special uh, podcast, but also I will be, we will be at the Bim Smith uh, booth. Uh, conducting, I'll be conducting interviews with hopefully some of the top named, uh, some of the most prominent architects and leaders in the industry. Yep, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna start uh, sending out, uh, get a press release going, um, get a request for interviews. Um, so if people have somebody that they want me to interview, some architect that you, uh, I hope, I, I want hopefully Jonathan Segal is there. I'm gonna try to, yeah. I'm gonna personally, I'm gonna personally reach out to him because he's actually my, me and Al's Facebook friend, um, and see if I can get an interview with him. I think it'd be great, but if you could, but if any of you listeners have anybody you would like us to interview, who who we'll try to get a hold of them um, all day long. Uh, we're not afraid to talk to anybody, so that's June sixth or the eighth. There's plenty of time. Please uh, just message us on Facebook, or you can email me lmc at f9productions com or Al Gore akg at f9productions com. Yep. Either one. Let us know. You can also check out the in the Inside the Firm community on
0: Facebook. Um, let us know. So I, I won't be there because I'll be having a baby. My wife will probably be doing the majority of the work. But Most I'll take of the work. The majority of Al's the work. Al's work is already done, technically. I've done it. Um, but I'll throw in an incentive for anyone that wants to go. If you are going, one, it's going to be super fun. You can show up and get free high fives from Nick Renard. I'm going to say... Mark LePage, too. Just walk up to him and say, I'm redeeming my free high five. Yep. Inside that I heard. the Firm podcast hi- sent me. Yep. Guarantee and Lance Psycho. So keep your hands high. Walk <laughs> around. See how many high fives you can get. We're dishing them out. Yep. It's going to be a blast. Al? What? I don't know. You're the next bullet point. So, no, I'm not. You're not. Yes, I am. All right. <laughs> so uh, there's another podcast. NPR, how, how I Built This. Have you seen that? So it's different firms. NPR has like the top, like if you go to
1: iTunes and you look at the top ones, they're always like, a, they have like 10 different podcasts that are in the top 20.
0: Yeah. They do good stuff. So there was one about um, Southwest, where it was the owner of, of Southwest was on. I listened to that a while ago. Then one just popped out about uh, JetBlue and it was really cool. And Southwest bought JetBlue, um, but they still, I think they still have their name anyways. They they mentioned an article. This was back maybe you know ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Where is JetBlue still around? Maybe Southwest just took over okay. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, where it was they, it was something like the Wall Street Journal. They looked at similarities of companies that beat expectations, and then they had these three points, and they profiled you know basically JetBlue and Southwest. So one of the major uh, key things that. These companies did to beat you know beat the competitors is that they were customer centric right really really focused on the customer so if you think Southwest like that makes a lot of sense. they had flawless execution right those we won 't even name those other airlines that you get on they they already have it overboarded. They're are always delayed, and their customer service and maybe is you're terrible. stuck on
1: maybe you're stuck on the, on the on the tarmac for like three hours. Maybe your mom gets stuck on the tarmac for like three
0: hours. Did They're that happen so to your mom? Oh yeah, <laughs> in Denver. Oh man. <laughs> um, and then they have people in your company who are an ambassador of your brand, right? And that goes back to your culture and what you're doing. And the reason I brought this up is like, okay, what what are you doing? is, is your firm? Whatever it is, and you don't have to be the boss or the leader, but you know, it can be a small architecture firm. It can be, you can be in any industry. How are you being customer centric? How are you doing flawless execution? And then if you're doing that and if you're doing your culture, right, are, are the people in your firm like really happy about it and, and proliferating it. Right. And I have one story to tell about that. So we got a client from, uh, this is probably two, three months ago. And we were negotiating the contract, right? And they said, you know, we have a limited number of meetings. And they said, hey, can we just erase that? You know, because this is a big project. I want to make sure, you know, like that everything can be taken care of. You know, I don't expect to go too much over that. But, you know, I just don't want to be limited if, if we see a thing or two and, and need to change it. And I, I said, okay, yeah. That was my error because it wasn't just a, a meeting or two more. It was a lot more, Right. So I, some of those meetings I remember were like two hours long Yep, and it, that's in my world that's excessive one hour or less. Yep. So I was kind of, we were eating it. We were eating it on the hours we, you know, and, and I've played this game before where, okay, we can go and argue for more fees. Right. But a lot of times it, I had a, a better stance because we've already limited and, and defined the scopes, but I agreed to it. So like I, I kind of put myself into this pickle. So instead of letting that eat away at me, and, and I could have asked for more, you know, and, and been logical, and they might have been okay with that. But as you've probably noticed, I've noticed, sometimes, man, that leads to really contentious. And they might pay you 1000 or more, and they might not, right? So so it's literally like, are you going to get... It's a bad precedence. Yep. Are you going to get an extra $1,000 out and of this? And is it if, worth
1: it? Is the is the sour taste in their mouth the entire time you're working with them, and and you for that matter worth
0: it it's yep. not, yeah B- because then it's like okay maybe you want two thousand three thousand more right but then you only get a thousand more so you're not happy anyways you know you didn't get what what you wanted right so anyways i just one of my guys was working on the project and i you know i was working on it but they were doing the majority of the work and i was just like know what we're just gonna do it we agreed to it we're gonna be professional we're gonna respond quickly we're just gonna take care of it and and, and everything is we're gonna is okay. own the decision and the contract that we we decided to agree to. We're gonna own it. Yep, yep. So we we kept doing our you know like flawless execution, you know, um, high tempo, getting back to people, and then at the end, I asked the client, "Hey, can, <laughs> can we have a review?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, let me let me write something up." He drafted a three huge paragraphs. Did you see it? Did I get... I haven't read it yet. Oh, okay. So three huge paragraphs, right? I am, I'm waiting to open that little gift later. Yeah. And then um, I said, "Hey, if you could post it on on Google, um, Thumbtack, and Facebook," he's like, "He's like, oh yeah." He's like, "But you should give me more. Like, I will post it everywhere." Awesome. Yep. So I gave him like five more to post it. And what's what's awesome about this is that in that whole thing, the client said something that we knew. Like, oh man, they keep having these revisions. He's like, they he stated they even put up well." I can't. Remember the phrase with our constant revisions. i like it's fantastic. So he yeah, so so he awares what he's aware of. What's yeah, going
1: and on. I think that's what we are often looking for. Oftentimes, is just is the client acknowledging that themselves? Do they have some kind of self awareness? And and they do. And I think we I think that's a good. This is a good reminder for everybody. Is Give your clients some benefit of the doubt if they are being those type that just ask for all of these revisions and they seem like they're never they never stop thinking and nitpicking and stuff like that and and it's above and beyond sort of what the scope that you had in your mind or whatever the people people are hopefully
0: hopefully i just i just pray that society is self aware a little bit more than we think they are yeah yeah, so anyways the, the pro um we have a good taste in our mouth. They have a good taste in their mouth. It's a good project. We like it. So, ended and well. Good
1: job. Yeah. Way to go, Al Gore. Those reviews mm-hmm. are so important. Man, I can't. I can't say it enough. They just go so far. Like by the time we got we're in, I'm in negotiations right now for this really cool. It's it's a it's cool for the town. It's going to go into because it's like a five thousand a town of a population of five thousand up in the mountains. So so little. Little nothing podunk town, but the building size that this developer is is proposing makes it special. And when I asked when I asked him how he got a hold, how he learned about us and stuff like, that, he's like, I don't know, just through the internet somehow. Uh, you guys, name gets it's being passed around right now uh, by other developers who are recommending you guys because you guys are developers. Um, and then you know, then I looked up all your ratings and I just really really appreciated you know what everybody had to say about you and that goes a long way. So once again, when you get to that point. And you feel like you've earned that five star review? Don't hesitate to ask for it, and literally, literally demand it, and say, "Hey, would you please leave us a five star review on this? Don't even, we don't even pussyfoot around it. Just go straight to the actual question, right? Yeah. Not like wondering if you can give me your review. No, please, please go here. Leave me a five star review. We much appreciate it. We love yep. working with you. Yep. Blah blah blah.
0: And and that goes back to if you listen last week. Um, I made uh my own tracking metrics, right? Yep. Every week that I'm looking at, so it's every- a great spreadsheet. I started using it with Gresh now. Oh, you did? Yep. Nice, I nice. Think it's I think it's good. It's perfect. Cool. What
1: and, I th- maybe even if here's why I really I really like it is, it just it's finally like this central place for for all the guys to go to, and for them to just be aware of what they're doing, so that we minimize how many things fall through the cracks because we're yeah.
0: guilty of it too. And and know what Gresh just figured out too? He asked me. Um, hey, can I sort everything by date? And I go, well, you can't sort everything by date because then it will mess up, pe- you know, people's names and stuff like that. And we, I, I was working with him, like, okay, just select all your projects and then select it by date, so then he can see at the top of the list it just automatically goes. He knows, okay, the next thing that's due is this. It, it's great, yep. man. It is great because when I went and met with uh, uh, the two gentlemen that I'm
1: that are doing most of. My projects right now, the ones that I've that I've brought into the firm, it was a nice. Cl- there were nice, clean, smooth meetings with with them, with and they knew exactly the rundown
0: and what they wanted to do. Uh, so just, I'm, I'm excited for this method. Yeah, cool. All right, I have a development question for you. Okay, so I, I feel like the hardest part about almost everything is the connections, right? The connection with what the client wants um, when you're building it. The connection between the foundation and the plumbing, and you know everything like that. And this podcast is about being like as transparent as possible. So, two two part question. And I won't say my opinion first. What is your opinion of doing slab on grade versus doing uh, a crawl? You know, crawl space, right? And then two, knowing like I was just out, I was just out at the job site because you had me sheep's foot stamp some stuff down, right? Jumping jack, not a sheep's foot, but yes, yeah. I um, was
1: out there doing construction work. It was awesome. I know, I know. I know. In, in, his, in his dress clothes, but he had... No, 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 Dress pants. No, they were jeans. Al had dress clothes on. They're jeans. They're nice black jeans. Come on. Yeah. They're casual, business casual. But then he had his work boots on. It was great. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so here's my question from a bigger perspective. Is that... Is that... The job that I did yesterday, is that something where, okay, the contractor... even Like... Think about a bigger project, one of the huge projects like Yeah, one that's
1: literally two blocks away from us that yep. so we can look at right now. Is that
0: something the contractor should have in its plate? Or is that something now that now that you're going through it and now that you see every single step, you go, Oh, I'm gonna make sure in the contract that it says that the guy who puts the dirt back is now gonna put it at this and stamp it down per per these, you know, specs. You know what I mean? Like for a smaller project, you're on the ground, you're seeing each little step, and then you're just filling in all the gaps, which is what it's needed to get it done. But you know what I mean? Like here's how to... I answer that question. So, and then I gotta back up a little bit, so everybody should know that we're
1: doing um, slab on grade construction, and they're are three story townhomes, right? So it's a multifamily family development, um, <clears throat> and so he, the, the way it should have worked is we should have had I, I should the problem was we didn't have the plumbing contract signed right away because honestly we had to hold out until almost the last minute to sign them. We had to get six, seven bids. It was very difficult. However, okay. So let's say, let's say we weren't in the hottest market right now. Let's say we were, Let's say it's a new development, um, but we're still going to do the same kind of construction. And this time I have a, we, now we have a relationship set up with these, with all these subs. We've already done one project with them and we know what they're, what they should be charging. So, from the beginning then, what it should have been is, hey, foundation guys, here's what you're going to do. You're going you're to form up the foundation, but I want you to hold off on the backfill until the plumber gets in there, puts in all of his plumbing. Then, I want the foundation guy to do the backfill on top of, on top of the plumber. And then, the plumber isn't screwing up, adding too much dirt to the whole thing. And the foundation guy... Isn't screwing up and doing the backfill before the plumber comes in, yeah. and it's very clear about when you go to backfill. Here's the grade we need to be at, because what Alex is getting at is like I had to go in with a with a track hoe and like scrape off maybe three inches of dirt that was it was too high, right? And it just made it made me grading for the slabs are gonna that are gonna happen two times the work. Really Or like you know right. a little more more work than that, but what
0: I, but that doesn't make me think that I would switch to a crawl, a crawl space though Well here's why I'm thinking crawl space is because <clears throat> basically the concrete's done, and they came and backfilled it, and then the plumbers had to come and dig out. And I understand why the plumbers have to dig out is because not everything is at the lowest grade. You know there were slopes to it, so I was like, okay, how else would you
1: do I that? asked the plumbers also if they wanted to do their work before
0: it was backfilled originally and then they said no and i understand why because some of it is only a foot down and then some goes two foot down so how would you have something suspended up in the air and then fill around it later there you go so so knowing that that you backfill then you dig out then you put things on top it makes me think like oh just crawl space it could have been it well, yeah just crawl space. Maybe it should be crawl space too, because the other
1: thing—the other thing—the crawl space would have allowed us to do is we wouldn't have to bring in as much fill dirt as we're still gonna have to. We're still gonna have to bring in, I would say, about a thousand a thousand cubic yards of yep. fill dirt, which is not that expensive. It's actually pretty cheap. I can give you a quote. It's about twenty five hundred bucks. Yes, I'm a contractor now, and I, I know these. Th- <laughs> that's that is you know one of the biggest probably positives of the whole thing is like I feel so much more confident about telling people what things should cost. You know, like, like if people come to us and they say, let's say they're a homeowner, you know, and God bless them, you know, they're going to yep. do, they're going to be the contractor for their own job. And they start talking about budget and stuff like that. Um, and then I can just flat out tell them, like, here's, here's the reality of what things cost. And yep. so, you know, the way, the only way you can get a slab, uh, a concrete slab done for this amount per square foot is if you do this, like we did on this project. And and the credibility is, is the biggest thing. But back to the back to the crawl space. That, I think that would be one of the reasons. One of the reasons why, yeah, let's just do a crawl space. It seems easier because there was just there'd be a lot less work in a way. Yep. So it it does make more sense. Um, it kind of it makes more sense now now that we're there. But there's some things we still would have had slabs on grade for Al.
0: Well, I know exactly like, right. The, the, the garage, the, there's, there's no way around that. Well, the two things that I stamped on, like that would have been the same because they're, yep. they're all garages on those units. Yep. On all that side, one building is all garages, so it, it's, it's just, a trade off. It's a total trade off, just like anything. Well, um, here's the trade off. Also, the on the planning side, if we were going to have crawl space, we would have had to do a, another like review. There would they were so concerned about it being a crawl space because of water and all this other stuff. So, I don't know. Saved us some time and money on that side. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to ask me this, but I'm just going to tell you. The other things that
1: I've learned is on this so far is, and this should be obvious, but you don't assume anything. Uh, yeah. Don't assume. And here's an example. Uh, the example is, so I go out to the job site uh, last week and I, and I talked to my plumbers and I'm like, Hey, this is all sewer, right? Um, just, just double checking. Everything you guys have put in so far is sewer. When are we going to, when are we going to put in the water line? When are we gonna at least just stub it in? You know, just so it's there, and then we can we can go from building to street later. And, and they actually want to do it later, and I'll, because of frost and all this other stuff. And he goes, so I called I called my I called the the sub the lead sub for that, and I was like, well, I need to pour slabs. I mean, we're ready to frame in two weeks. He's like, ah, just leave me a three by three hole or a three by three like opening. And that's what I thought too. And yeah, Al, Al actually had the idea first. He's like, well, what if we just left? What if we just formed out? a three by three area and we left the dirt and the plumber was like, yeah, that'll be fine. And then the plumbers who were on the site go, that's crazy. We're not going to do that. <laughs> and he literally did. He goes, and I go, I thought it was kind of crazy. I mean, I, I like the idea and I like the, that you guys are like, yeah, we'll just make it work. All right, cool. Yeah. Cause it seems like that's one thing I appreciate about all these guys. They're like, 'Ah, will just make it work. Yeah. You know, everybody's positive like that. So then I showed up on the job site, uh, not yesterday, the day before. And I was like, What's up with this big hole? <laughs> and they go, Oh, well, we decided we're going to put the water all in there now. And I go, Okay, that's fine. And so, don't assume anything. So, don't assume that that we should do that or we shouldn't do that. I think I think you know, I, I it was good that I brought it up because then it it, it uh, was a catalyst for them fi- moving in that direction. We need to do it anyway. And then the, the second thing that that, it, that it maybe sort of reinforced with me is like you just keep staying calm, Lance. I don't know yeah. if you noticed, it, but my hair has gotten a little grayer since it started. It literally has. Yeah. Like I, I look in the mirror and I'm like, wow, I think I'm going to get maybe 5% grayer yep.
0: after doing this because I lo- I'm losing sleep at night. But no, not all the time. Know why I like that advice? Which one? Which the, one? Don't assume anything. Because now now you're operating at a different level. And, and this is what I mean because we, we've talked about some of these issues. If, if you think, oh, they have it ca- taken care of, right? Oh, they're going to know the right level heights. They're going to know this. They're going to know that. And then all of a sudden they do and it's wrong. Gray hair, losing sleep. Oh, what's going to happen? How do we do that? Now, here's a couple examples that literally happened. Heights of foundation levels. Heights of backfills of dirts. If you assume that you just got to check everything when they're laying that out, it's on the drawings. It's on the drawings. That doesn't mean anything. Go out there and be like, okay, guys, so we're going to this height, right? And they'll say yes or no. And they'll say, oh, no, no we're going to go out to this height. Well, let's look. Putting the backfill in. Okay, guys, we're going to go to this height, even though it's on the drawings. Even though, so just like that fundamental ship of your perspective is like, oh, no, I'm not assuming anything. Everything, I'm just checking.
1: Just checking. I think you just have that's to where the right? just That's where the just checking is okay. It needs to be sort of casual and friendly yeah um to get him to get him to do the right thing so the last thing is this is Even an Even depths depths of of stuff yeah. right
0: you, you just got to well, switch your mind well did i
1: tell you when we first laid out the foundations and i got out there and i was like how's it going chencho and he goes he goes good and I, and he goes he's like well this is how i'm supposed to lay out the buildings right i'm like nope we got them flipped <laughs> <laughs> So it's like he's like, Oh, good, okay. He wasn't angry, you know, he was just he made the wrong assumption, which is fine. Yep. Um, you know, don't assume it because we yep. would have had some flip buildings. And there's been multiple times, like even after the foundation was poured, I'm like, All right, I'm gonna stop by the job site and, yep, okay, they're poured the right way. Yeah. <laughs> it's but it's like nonstop
0: stop second guessing, but so far so good. But it's so true. It's not like these guys haven't done it before. I think it's just a. I think it's just something that needs to be done, even in framing. Who knows if for some reason they're flipping where the stairs should be? I mean, they probably won't do that because there's foundation and stuff like that. But you know what I'm talking about. There's something that they just might flip, might think differently. So Lance, like, hey, just checking. Just checking. I'm the just checking guy. Yep, exactly. For yeah. the framing, this
1: is an interesting one. I'm gonna do. If you ever? Maybe you've seen this on other job sites. Like you can get your drawings printed on a colored paper. I'm gonna make sure that for the framing because you're, I saw you were in the file the other day messing with those windows, weren't you? Uh, the ones we talked about. above the. TV. I didn't change
0: anything. I was okay, in there we, looking at it. We need to do stuff. that today.
1: Anyway, yeah. I'm going to print out just the framing plans. Are like the the architectural floor plans and the and the structural plans. Yeah. On green paper, yeah. and I'm going to tell the framers, do not look at the other ones that are approved for permit because there's been some field changes and stuff. Windows like that. have changed. Windows have changed. Like this is the ones you pay attention to. Nice. Only that, and then go over it with them. Um, the other cool thing is we have lumber coming in hopefully at the end of the next week, and I will be out there with um with like a forklift machine type thing i forget what the heck it's called but uh it's like the off-road ones with a lift and i'll be out there just sorting lumber like the whole time and just laying it out for them like here's where it goes you know just concentrate on these ones starting these buildings and stuff like that last thing this is an interesting one so i go so i asked the plumbers yesterday they had the drawings open and they were you saw what they're doing out there putting in all the waistlines underneath the buildings and stuff and i go how do you, how do you, they had, so they had a drawing up where it's on the, on the big building and it shows like where that, where the toilet's going to be and the sink on that first floor right now. And the, that drawing was done by a plumbing engineer and is at a half inch to a foot. I don't even think you know about this. Mm-hmm. And I go, there's no dimensions on these. Would it be more helpful if we do this again? If there's dimensions right to the center of the pipe. And I go, and he goes, well, yeah, of course. And I go, well, how do you guys, how do you guys do it now? And he goes, I always hold a tape up there, you know, and do the half inch to a foot. So on these multifamily projects, it would be a good idea if we talk to the plumbers, sorry, the plumbing engineers, when we review drawings and say, hey, can you put some dimensions from the outside of, you know, from like the edge of the foundations or whatever, because that's all they're showing, and they're showing these underground things. If you know, we do a lot of slab on grade stuff. Put some dimensions to the center of these pipes for these guys. Yeah. Uh, super helpful. Uh, and again, super obvious. Yep. But would not have... And The plumbers are like, we can get it done. But they're like, yeah, it would make... A, I mean, we, it would save a little bit of time. It would be less guesswork and
0: we'd just make it happen. Yeah. Well, here's the thing too, if you're getting multiple bids. If you have clear, concise, awesome drawings, it might give you a little credit in their eyes. You know? Yep. Yep. So. These guys aren't dopes. Awesome. Uh so should we give should we go to the high five master Nick from a- Nick for Nick Reads? Absolutely. Hello best friends.
2: I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. From our powerful poetic experiences of nature, rocks and sunlight are born the dreams for a shelter of our own, with roof lines sculpted like mountains and smoky stone chimneys like trees. These two inventions together form the home's sheltering crown. Of all the structural components at our disposal for the creation of houses, roofs are paramount in importance. Their forms intend to our deepest desires for safety and shelter. In the nature of these materials, And their sweeping lines are gestures that our eyes follow from the lowest waved to the highest peak. In our roofs lie meaning and mood, too. Jeffrey Dungan, The Nature of Home A Question The Mountain's or the beach. Al Lance. Have a grand weekend.
0: Toodles. I don't know, man. I don't really know. I'll tell you. What? Beach. Yeah, probably. Because we we live in the mountains. I can go there all the time. I go there all the time. Beach. Beach life. How about pool at beach life? Pool at beach life? Yeah. So you have your living room. I want tall ceilings. I want a nano wall then i want to walk right into a pool i'll tell you and then infinity wall to look at the beach
1: i'll, t- I'll do you one up just how Try about me how about italy how about you just go have both um how about you how about you go to cinque terre which is a which is a it's a series of fishing villages it's where i honeymooned at it's like five of them coolest place uh, that you get the best of both worlds. Like literally, you see the old old school old school vineyards and tomato vines and all that other stuff. These amazing hikes, the best food ever. Literally, the best food ever. Uh, I've never had better pesto in my life. So mm-hmm. I want that both mountains and the beach. I'm greedy. There you go.
0: That's probably why they don't work. <laughs> <laughs> joke, people. Joking. 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 Okay. Awesome. Uh, should we get the boys in for are Jeopardy? Let's do it. What is the fire resistant rating of a type five B, not A, B exterior bearing wall that is thirty feet that has thirty feet fire separation. A zero B one half C two D one. A zero B one half C two D one. All right, A, C, A. So A was zero, which is normally your type 5B, but exterior, even within 30 feet, you have to be at one. So that's D, not C. What is the fire resistance rating of a
1: type 5B exterior bearing wall? Don't you mean what is the, what is the needed fire? Like, aren't we, shouldn't we be asking what do you need? What kind of fire resistance rating do you need if it's at a wall that has a 30-foot
0: Fire separation. It's same question, worded different ways, because the rating or needed is the same answer. It's called the fire resistant rating, which is one for one hour. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Question two. Nobody got that. No one got that. Wow. Um, do you have a marker?
1: Yeah. Do you have a marker?
0: Absolutely. I got a you- marker. There you go. Okay. What is a boundary element of a diaphragm or shear wall, which is assumed to resist? axial stresses analogous to flange of a beam called okay a (laughs) diaphragm b shear line c beam diagram d diaphragm cord (laughs) al's pulling out the and and congratulations to mark Pedler that just passed his third test yesterday oh hey congrats that's awesome yeah a no b a b the answer is d diaphragm cord (laughs) so the first question why i did the first one is because okay everyone from table of uh 503 i i can't remember anyways you could get your type your type five what your walls are but literally on the like a page or two over it says the fire separation distance which will probably up it you know depending on where your building is so just know that
1: so what's the score Goose eggs. Bunch of goose wow. eggs.
0: Wow. Mine are the easy today
1: compared to Al's. Number three. What is the convention relating to door swing used when ordering door hardware known as A, hand of door, B, swing side, C, swing direction, D, hardware side? Yes, absolutely. Repeat the question. What is the convention relating to door swing used when ordering door hardware known as A, hand of door? B, swing side. C, swing direction. D, hardware side. We have D,
0: D, A. Congratulations, Mark Pedler. A. You know what's so funny? Mm-hmm. Everyone, B, C, and D, are better terms than hand of hand door. Hand of door is terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Hand, hand of door. door, yep. Yeah. All right, here we go.
1: Yep. Number four, what is an elevator operated by traction in which steel cables with counterweights raise or lower the elevator car known as? A. Hydraulic elevator. B. Electric elevator. C. Pneumatic elevator. D. Track elevator. Shall I repeat it? What is an elevator operated by traction in which steel cables with counterweights raise or lower the elevator car known as? A hydraulic elevator, B electric elevator, C pneumatic elevator, D track elevator. Hmm. 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 D C C you're all incorrect. Uh the correct answer is electric elevator, which to me makes no sense because I yeah, I know. All <laughs> no, no.
0: <laughs> well, actually actually
1: actually no 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 no. So so so. Look. Here's here's why I think. <laughs> I, so I think in in this one, right, is if you so think about an elevator in your head, right? If you're looking at it in this section, uh, what is making those counterweights go up and down, right? So it's like a series of gears and stuff above, right? Housed by an electric motor, so that's why you could extrapolate that. Remember, there are gas sort of right pneumatic elevators like you can go up to five stories i think with them is what the boom can extend from the bottom right so there's hydraulic hydraulic, yep yep so they're pneumatic right pneumatic and hydraulic same same thing it was sort of a trick question um we can go up from the bottom so and then a track elevator is like the sides of the car
0: are attached to to it right so (laughs) (laughs) there we go well if you like the podcast go to revitrocketship.com learn yourself some revit uh, guaranteed or your money back take a look at that web page, and it should be able to give you a good insight of what's going on um, and that's all i got help us get help us move up from number 29 on the list of
1: 71 architecture podcasts uh via architecturequote.com Help us move from 29 up to the top 10 by leaving us a five-star review, going on the website, interacting, because apparently the SEO ranking is part of that, uh, as well as the downloads and share with friends.